writing is a powerful tool for fueling forward their career, either as an HR professional inside of an organization or as a consultant. Welcome to the Joy Powered Workspace podcast, where we help HR and business leaders embrace joy in the workplace. I'm Jody Curtis, owner of Purple Ink and powered by Purple Ink. And with me is my friend and co-host Susan White, owner of Susan Tender White Consulting, an HR consulting practice. Our topic today is on joy-powered writing. And, you know, writing isn't just a creative exercise. If you are looking to become a thought leader and speaker, a book is a great way to display these talents. Writing can also benefit and help you grow your career. I know writing has made an impact on my career for sure. As many of you might know, I have authored or co-authored four different books. The first one was Joy Powered, then The Joy Powered Family, The Joy Powered Team, which Susan co-authored with me as well, and The Joy Powered Organization. I'm also working on two more, The Joy Powered Leader and The Joy Powered Networker. I'm taking a different approach to writing these last two, and this new approach came about mostly due to working with a book coach and attending a three-day writer's retreat. The coaching and the retreat were fabulous, and now I wonder how did I ever write those first four without them? Uh, Jody, why did you start writing books? Even though I have these four books behind me now, in 2016, it was a significant stretch for me to write my first book. I was starting to apply to more and larger conferences, and for many of the applications, the first question was, are you a PhD or an author? And quite frankly, it bugged me that I had to respond no to those questions. I thought it would surely be faster and easier to write a book than to get a PhD, so I committed to writing one. I didn't consider myself to be a strong writer. I had, and still have, zero patience to undertake such a big task and I was very busy with my family and my business. Based on that, I wondered how I would ever achieve this goal. The biggest stumbling point for me, though, was to think of something I could write about that others would even be interested in reading. The good news, though, is that I am very committed to reaching my goals. And once I set a goal, I was in. You know, I said I wanted to write a book because I wanted to speak more, and I thought if I had books, I would be able to speak at more conferences. It worked. Ah, yeah. Yeah, somehow, you know, it doesn't really matter how good or bad your book is. <laughs> uh, it's sort of, people think it gives you credibility to say you've written a book, so I wrote that first one, which I thought would be a real struggle for me, and I really enjoyed it. And then I just kept writing. 
what did you enjoy once you got into it uh, about writing books? Well, I think I was nervous when I wrote that first one of thinking, what do I have to share that others would want to read about? And the more I wrote, the more I felt like, hey, I I do have some thoughts on this topic and I do have experience in this topic. And I just got to where I, you know, I wanted to spill it all out and get it on paper about things that I was thinking about or things that I had observed or read about as well, too. I'll also add that I think it's a fascinating time management experience. Plot <laughs> out how long I thought it would take and blocking off my calendar for times to write. It was just fascinating for me. So with the four books, how long do you think it took? Did you get faster as you went or uh, did experience get you quicker? I started writing and had published my first book in six months. And then in my later books, I had co-authors. That helped to make it faster, at least on my end. But yet one of those books where I had a co-author too, we didn't actually have a hard deadline. And so it actually took way longer than the other books. So I like to write when I have a deadline, like I'm going to speak at this conference on this topic. So I need to have this book available, right? Got it. And when I don't have that, then I'm not pushed to to get it done. So, and Susan, what about you? What enticed you to write with me on the Joy Powered team? You're very hard to say no to, Jody. As you know, I, I I don't really enjoy writing. I love talking. Hence, uh, podcasting is really a vehicle that I really enjoy. But writing, I just I find I spend so much time kind of with angst, thinking about what to write. When you asked me, you told me who else was going to be in writing the book. Um, it was about a joy powered team, and I love the concept. I I'm really attracted to the topic, and I just I thought you know I, if I'm going to write one book or one chapter of one book, this is going to be the book and it's going to be with these people. So I truly did enjoy uh, it when it was finished. <laughs> but the, this, for me, writing it's just has never been high on my list of want tos. Yeah. Well, you did a great job. Our guest today is my book coach and the lead facilitator and organizer of the writing retreat I attended. The fabulous Kathy Fiock, she's a CSP, SPHR, SHRM SCP, is the business book strategist and works with professionals and thought leaders as a career growth strategy. She is an author herself of 11 books, including On Your Mark, Blog to Book, and The Speaker Author. She believes that authors change the world one word at a time. I like that. Kathy, before you were a book coach, I understand you were also an HR leader. How did you make that transition? 
Well, it's a it's a great story. I was working as a consultant at the time, and um, the president of the National Speakers Association, my local chapter, approached me and said, Kathy, I heard a rumor that you have written one of your books in less than six weeks. Is that true? And I said, well, actually, I've written four of my five books in less than six weeks at the time. And he said, oh, my gosh. Do you have a process? And I thought, oh, I don't know. Do I have a process? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I thought, yeah, I guess I do. And he said, would you be willing to give a program for our chapter about your process? And I said, oh, I would be delighted. He said, but before you say yes, would you be willing to coach a couple of our chapter members who are working on books and then give a program? And I said, well, you you had me at give a program, so <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely in. And uh, up until that time, I had never even thought about being a book coach. But as I started working with these uh, two individuals, one of the women said, have you ever thought about becoming a book coach? And I said, no. Uh, is there such a thing? Is there a need? <laughs> There's definitely and, a need. Yes, yes. So, um, so that's really how it all got started. Uh, it was kind of um, a bizarre twist of fate, but uh, that's what brought me to this place. Oh, that's marvelous. So, Kathy, how has writing, do you think, served you as an HR leader and a consultant? Well, it's been probably the most powerful tool that I have found to establish myself as a thought leader, to differentiate myself from other HR professionals, other consultants, uh, and to leverage uh, more work, more consulting engagements, coaching engagements, uh, speaking engagements. So it is a powerful, powerful tool. And not only have I been able to receive the benefits of all that, but my clients have now as well. And I have uh, I work with a lot of HR professionals because that's my background. And so I'm finding that they are finding that writing is a powerful tool for fueling forward their career, either as an HR professional inside of an organization or as a consultant. And maybe even for those folks who are thinking about transitioning from one to the other, it's a great way to make that transition as well. I think that's great. I think almost every HR person I know always says, I got to write a book. I just have to write a book. With all the stories I've heard, I've got to write a book. And you're the person who can help them write that book. Yes, absolutely. And Kathy, you talked about how the writing has benefited some of your clients. How has it exactly, or what are some examples of ways it has benefited them? Well, what, I love this story. So uh, I wrote, my very first book was published in 1990 on the aging workforce. And um, I, that that was a topic that I was very, very passionate about. And I've done a lot of research. In fact, my book was the first book on the aging workforce. Fast forward 20 some odd years later, I got a call from a colleague who was looking for a generational expert to help them uh, serve with there's some company issues uh, dealing with generational issues. Because of my book, 
written 20 some years ago (laughs) at the time, uh, I got a really nice consulting assignment for several years. In fact, I'm still doing a little bit of work for this, uh, this client. And so it has paid me thousands and thousands of dollars over many, many years. So that's that's the power of a book. I think that's really dramatic, but that really says it all, that it can 20 years later be still doing its magic for you. Oh, that's wonderful. Kathy, you were young 30 years ago when you wrote that book. So what even led you to write a book about the aging workforce when you weren't aging. Well, well, I was aging, but <laughs> but I was much younger. I guess we're always all aging. That's right. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I was working, my last corporate job was at Kentucky Fried Chicken, where I initiated uh, an older worker program. We were finding that it was very hard to find the young workers that we had traditionally hired. And we needed to look at different strategies for reaching out to different labor market segments. And I was particularly interested, I don't know why, but I was particularly interested in older workers. So I did a lot of research and found that there was nothing written at the time on the aging workforce. And yet I knew that HR uh, professionals and business leaders would have an interest in understanding what What's the same? What's different? What uh, do you need to do differently if you're going to attract and retain an an older worker? So I started on my quest then and did a lot of research and uh, worked for several different organizations as a consultant and um, therefore decided I needed to write a book, you know, if I was going to make a difference for others. Uh, I learned all of this, but the, the HR community, the business community needed a resource. So that's what I did. I love that. Kathy, so our listeners are primarily business leaders and HR professionals. So for people listening, what do you think the first steps are for people who are interested in writing a book to grow their careers? Well, I think just start writing because writing in and of itself is a very powerful strategy for differentiating yourself, to standing out in the marketplace, to letting people know what you think and uh, what your uh, values are, what your uh, expertise is. But you don't have to start with a book. That's the good news. (laughs) You can start with um, just a little not even a, an article in a publication. First step is maybe just writing something on LinkedIn. It's free. It's there's no risk. There's uh, you just write it, post it, and there it goes. And it's a great way to socialize your thought leadership very easily. And uh, it gives you that experience. So I think start small uh, with posts, with uh, a short post, with a longer post, um, a mini article, a blog post, and then work your way up to an article. The other thing is I've found that writing articles for publications is something that is definitely in demand. Um, I have asked countless publications, are you are you ever looking for content for your publication? And almost any publication will say, oh, we are hungry for content. So finding those organizations is pretty easy. Anybody who has a, a newsletter, a magazine, 
a blog, you know, they're all looking for content. So it's a great way of getting your thoughts out there and letting people know about who you are and what your expertise is all about. I love all of those ideas, Kathy, but I I did mention earlier in the podcast that I wrote four books, but I'm taking a different approach for my next two books. And a big piece of that was that I went to one of your writing retreats in October and just was such a huge help for me. And now I look back and wonder, how did I ever go to those, or how did I ever write before without going to a writer's retreat? Tell our listeners more about what happens at a writing retreat. Well, I've done several of these now, and they are so powerful. Uh, What I've found is that no matter where you are in your writing journey, whether you're just beginning or whether you've already written a book or two, that you can definitely benefit from the structure and from the writing time in a writing retreat. For starters, you have big blocks of time to write. And I think for many of us busy professionals, it's really hard to find time to sit down and write. So that's one of the big things. But it's not just go off and write. First, we give you some ideas, some prompts, some exercises, some focus, some direction, so that when you are writing on your own, you're not wondering where do I begin and what do I do to start? Um, Also with my retreats, I do a pre-session with each individual so that I'm ensuring that you have your intentions clearly stated for the retreat and that you can get whatever it is that you'd like to have done, getting that done. So that's a really important component. So it's not just the retreat, it's the pre-work, it's the retreat, and then it's the post-work that I offer as well for my um, attendees. Well, it was amazing. <laughs> yeah, good. <laughs> and so, Kathy, how can our listeners reach out to you? And if they want to, how can they purchase any of your books? Um, you can definitely just go to my website. I have all of my published books on my website uh, with links to Amazon because they're all on Amazon. Um, you can also get information on my retreat. And my website is kathyfyock.com. So it's my name, C A T H Y. F-Y-O-C-K. <laughs> and we'll add that to our show notes so that listeners will have that information as well, too. Kathy, we, you know, we are the Joy Powered Podcast. So we'd love to ask people about finding joy powered work or what advice can you give our listeners on creating more joy at work? I love that question because um, when you are joyful in your work, it is, um, it's not really work anymore. (laughs) It becomes just part of who you are. And that's what I love most about what I'm doing now. I am working as an independent coach, consultant. I do a lot of speaking and training in the work that I do, but I love being my own boss. And I love that Writing has afforded me the expertise, the credential, if you will, to become a book coach. Because I tell people, you know, 
I didn't major in English. Uh, you know, I don't have a degree in writing or anything like that. But by writing the book on how to write a book, <laughs> I have been able to become a book coach. And that is the power of a book, of creating that joy of doing your own thing and um, being the one who gets to uh, call the shots and be sure that your your work is aligned with who you are and what your strengths are. And that is amazing. <laughs> Excellent. I love it. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. We're happy to have had you on. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Jody. oh gosh, wasn't Kathy just a fount of enthusiasm for writing? You know, as a person who doesn't care for writing, she almost got me excited about, why not? You know, why not write? Now, for any of our listeners, we hope that it inspires you to think about, maybe I should be writing articles, or maybe I should be posting things on LinkedIn. As she said, is really socializing your brand out into the world. It's an easy way to do it and a smart way to do it. And if you want to bite the bullet and write a whole book. Yes. And if you're interested in doing it and think that you wouldn't be able to, I can tell you, I'm, I was someone who never thought I would have patience or the time to sit down and write a book. But once I got on a topic that I enjoyed sharing about and learning even more about it as I wrote the book, it was an excellent process every time I've done it. And now you love it. I, I watch you when you're writing and it's really a new passion of yours, which I really admire. Thank you. If you are interested in any of our joy-powered books, you can find them and other joy-powered items at getjoypowered.com slash shop. Jody, it's time for our listener question. You know, we welcome questions from any of our listeners anytime. This is from a listener who actually uh, reached out to you directly, Jody, this past week. What's the most important thing HR leaders can do in 2023? Big question. I can't wait to hear the answer. <laughs> I know. And, you know, I could give 15 different answers to that question because there's so much going on and so many things HR leaders can focus on. But I think what I... Something that I've just, well, I've always thought was important, but even more so more recently that I think it's about focusing on manager training. You know, we expect managers to do lots of things, to, to be involved in the hiring process, to engage them, to retain them. But so many times we don't give managers the skills or even the confidence to be able to do those things. We think sometimes like, oh, they've worked here for a long time. They know that now. But it is managers who have the biggest impact on our teams. And it's managers who likely do most of the recruiting, at least in the decision process. And it's managers who can serve best as leaders in topics like diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging. So think about reaching out. There's, you know, whether it's training via Zoom, training online courses, training live courses. 
there's lots of different ways that people can train their managers. Of course, some of it too is even mentoring or coaching them as well too. It doesn't always have to be about a class. Oh, that's great advice. In the news today, a recent study by Sage revealed their predictions for HR in 2030. Let's take a look at their top five. Number one is really no surprise and something many people have started doing already is flexible working. It's revolutionizing employee experiences that truly make work work. The rising employee expectations also will challenge HR like never before to provide an authentic, tailored workforce experiences that empowered people to do their best work. Number two, organizational flexibility, fluidity, and agility led by HR. I love this. HR is really going to be looked to to prepare and lead organizations through whatever crisis hits with agility and confidence, no matter how unexpected. Number three is about people analytics, that we will be using more of those to drive a business impact. So people analytics and HR teams will have fully evolved beyond just data reporting and collection, but to be more intrinsic to driving business impact across all organizations. Number four, this really hits home with me, uh, by 2030, HR automation trends will elevate the role of HR. I think sometimes we're buried trying to figure out, you know, what can we free? How do we free up HR people from the tactical so they could do the strategic? I think with AI, it is just getting, it's moving much faster now. And I think we're starting to really get our arms around AI that works in our favor. That's, that's really technology for good. So automation, they project, is going to free up HR leaders' time to focus on the things that really do matter, as well as enable HR to take on more of that C-suite leadership role across the organization. And last, number five, diversity, equity, and inclusion will encompass so much more by 2030. Companies still have a long way to go when it comes to diversity, equity, and inclusion, and employees already expect and deserve more than just hollow words. We may be talking about it, but are we really putting those words into action. It can't just be about the policies and words and diversity statements. It must be action items that are encouraged and reinforced. So many business leaders think it's all about hiring a more diverse looking workforce, but never work on creating inclusion and helping all employees feel a sense of belonging. That's the real issue that we need to solve in businesses is the belonging part. Please tune in next time and make it a joy-powered day. Thank you. If you would like SHRM recertification credit for listening to this podcast, please visit getjoypowered.com slash SHRM. You'll find an evaluation of the podcast 
and once you complete the evaluation, you will see the SHRM recertification credit code and a link to a proof of participation certificate. Again, that's getjoypowered.com slash SHRM. Thank you for listening, and thanks for your dedication to the HR profession. If you liked the show, please tell your friends about it and let us know what you think by rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. You can learn more about Joy Powered at getjoypowered.com. Check out the Joy Powered shop where you can order our books, journals, and other items that power our joy at getjoypowered.com shop. We're at Joy Powered on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, and Twitter. And you can email us at joypowered at gmail.com. We hope you tune in next time. Make it a joy-powered day.